Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. Cool. So uh, I'm sorry about last week. That was completely on me. Oh, don't apologize that we had a, <sighs> both of us had a great break. We Easter appreciate weekend. all of our listeners coming back today. Happy You're Easter. You're so patient with us. I just, yeah. I was getting drunk. There was, so, there was so many logistics with like driving somewhere and finding a place to record for you and seeing my brother and seeing my nephews and, da, 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 and then I just got really overwhelmed and went, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> And Carly That's was like, totally fine. Yeah, Carly was like, well, just have a week off. And I was like, no, I can't have a week off. She was like, of course you can. It's like your podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that we left you high and dry, but it's what Jesus would have wanted. And if it makes mm-hmm. you feel any better, the next day from drinking cider all day, I had such bad heartburn that I, I, I felt it in my back. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Have you ever had that kind of heartburn where it just feels like someone's stretching your back? I think I've discussed this no, before. I, I I can't say that I have. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's an English binge drinking problem, I think. But I don't yeah. drink cider anymore. Cider, I, I tell this to people. Cider, when I drink it, makes me angry. Wow. I did not know that yeah. about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 102 episodes in. <laughs> white like i can't think of what makes me angry but like well white wine used to make me angry boyfriends have said to me before like please don't drink white wine again and then wow now it just makes me cry Mm. and get absolutely fuck hammered after like one (laughs) glass as well (laughs) i think that cider makes me angry because it immediately makes me have to pee and i am angry that i have to keep going to the bathroom piss fury yeah. <laughs> like not uh, again uh, fuck you bladder okay that's, yeah that's fine like okay well yeah we won't drink any of that when i come over which is not well, long now at fucking yeah. all it's i'm heading to you in about two weeks i think no that's a lie i am so excited two weeks in a bit three weeks yeah yeah. yeah, about three weeks, yeah, which is so fucking exciting. We'll have loads of stuff. We'll record loads of stuff. I'm going to go to Universal Studios on my own. I do not care. Like, <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, yeah. Yay. Uh, I'm also going to be in San Diego as well to give Rachel, like, a rest. So if anybody <laughs> knows anything good to do there or lives there, then let me know because I'm up for it. Only women, though. I don't want to stay with strange men, so... <laughs> I can tell you a bar not to go to. I don't even remember okay. the name of it, but it was the worst. I When I went to San Diego, I went to one of the worst bars and one of the best bars I've ever been to. Okay. We'll figure that so, out. We'll figure it out. But the worst bar, I swear to God, it, it was Why so was it bad because it smelled so bad. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, it and we've been in some like, stinky bars. <laughs> 
yeah i've worked in pubs yeah like sticky floor just must sticky floor <laughs> uh carpet like sweat and like dirty yeah <laughs> wet carpet yeah no much worse than that it it smelled so bad and we really tried to and it was there was like no one in there and it was a weekend where san diego was it was fourth of july weekend so Mm -hmm. san diego was packed the you would think so it it was packed but this bar was not and so we were and they had really cheap drinks in there so we were like oh it's hard isn't it And so we went in there and we were like, we're going to stick this out. We're going to play a game of pool. We're going to have some drinks. (sighs) Oh, man. It was awful. Right. Okay. We'll locate that. I want to kind of go, I want to go like whale watching or like seal watching or dolphin. Like, I just imagine it being some sort of like sea world lovely adventure. Yeah. Definitely. There's things like that to do there. There's also the Navy. Cool. Lots of Navy men walking around. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, any travel tips or anything like that about San Diego, maybe you've been to that stinky bar, then let us know. Mm. You know you yeah. know where to go, social media. Yeah. Have you seen the John Wayne Gacy documentary on Netflix? I haven't. I... You know what I've been watching? Well, you talk about it because I haven't watched it, but uh, there's something that I have been watching that I okay. will talk about. Uh, well, it's kind of over quickie, like, because I think John Wayne Gacy is like something that everybody's looked into quite a lot. Um, mm. But the spin on this documentary on Netflix is that they have tapes of him talking to his defense lawyer that I've never mm. heard, no one's ever heard. So wow. they're called, it's called the John Wayne Gacy tapes. And like, that's why it's different to all the rest and like i don't think i quite realized what a fucking cunt he is he does not take responsibility in any way shape or form for anything ever and like in sorry like if you don't want to spoiler like it's not really a spoiler but like if you don't want to spoiler then skip ahead um but he says well i don't give a shit that they've given me the death penalty because i killed 33 and they're only killing one so John Wayne Gacy wins. Whoa. I was like, what the fuck? Like, what kind of warped thinking? I know is that it. Wow. He and and he also says something like, maybe if my wife was like a better wife, I wouldn't have done this. Or, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, because <laughs> she was the teenage boy that you wanted to be with. He just doesn't take any responsibility for anything. It's. The weirdest, yeah, the tapes are really revealing. And you it's can really kind of see why he got the death penalty. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's interesting because you, when you think about some serial killers, you're like, you don't have this much talk, them talking about their own murders, you know? Yeah. Like t- uh, Ted Bundy, like, he barely talked about anything. So it's interesting to have yeah. someone like John Wayne Gacy to just be so, like, frank about like well i killed 33 people so like almost like boasting about it yep and he also um like says stuff on there like uh you know that classic thing that like men that kill loads of women do where they're or like say they kill sex workers they're like oh they laughed at me or Mm. they tried to rob me or stuff like that like yeah. loads of his yeah. murders he says oh they tried to rob me or he came at me he came at me with a knife and it's like 
No, he didn't. And when you look at like right. the pictures, like because they sh- it's quite nice. At the end, they show a picture of every single victim, which is, I think that's always like not overwhelming, but like it's just kind of like quite humbling to see because yeah. they're quite throwaway numbers. But like when you see all of them, they all look like babies. Like they're so mm-hmm. young. They look like, yeah. you can see they're like school children. They might be like 16, yeah. 17, 18, but they are, some of them were younger, I think. But like, yeah, they look so young. And you're like, they didn't yeah. do anything to you. You no. fucking... You big man. Yeah. Like, you're their yeah. boss, most of them. Or mm. you were offering them booze, or you were offering them a place to stay, or you were offering them money. Or a job that yeah. they really badly wanted because they wanted to buy their first car, or like, do you know what I mean? He just took yeah. advantage, like, of these kids, basically. And it's yeah, when you see all the pictures, you're like, he really had a type. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, it is sad. It's a good documentary, uh, though. But yeah. definitely, definitely recommend it. There's uh, there's new yeah. material in there. For I've been sure. meaning to watch it. I I just feel like I need to be in the right mindset to watch it. Oh, I'll watch any old fucking ghoulish <laughs> shit, you know me. But yeah, I get it. But some people need to run up. I can't wait till you're here, Talissa. Be like, <laughs> I have to like prepare myself for all the things we're gonna watch in a row. <laughs> we don't have to. I'll keep. I'll keep in mind that it's not for everyone. <laughs> I feel like I have been kind of down a not not reenactments, but it's like I've been watching The Dropout. I watched yeah. Pam and Tommy. Uh, now I'm watching the girl from Plainville. Okay, you know never heard of that. What's that about? You've definitely heard of it. It's yeah. the story of the girl who convinced her boyfriend to kill himself. <gasps> yes. Remember, she's like texting him and, and it, he's in the car and she's like, get back in there and do it. Yeah, the documentary's called I Love You, Now Die, I think. Yeah, I on think HBO. that's on HBO. Yeah. yeah. But they've done now like a wow a fictional take of it, and the girl who plays her, um, Elle Fanning. But anyway, girl from Plainville with Elle Fanning, she is really good in it. Yeah, because the girl is like the actual girl in real life is like a tiny little. She's like a little pixie, isn't she? Mm, yeah. But what she yeah. was writing was pure evil. <laughs> yeah. It they just kind of show they just go through like what kind of she was I didn't know this but she was obsessed with Glee and like she just would memorize lines girl. from Glee and but like how much she wanted that attention and oh okay she was a yeah, bit of an amdram kind of maybe girl like kind of yeah but aspiring she, actress she was just or... kind of a she was that like I feel like uh everyone has it in school but it's like the girl that's kind of weird that you know you're you're trying to you're being nice to be friends with her but she's weird and, and yeah weirdly like, puts oh, don't attention be, no need to, to herself yeah you're like there's no need to be mean but you are I don't want you to be like my best mate or anything <laughs> yeah like, yeah okay i guess we're hanging out today because you sat with me at lunch and yeah she she's a bit so, of an oddball yeah definitely that sounds good though and i really enjoyed the dropout i watched all of that like i nailed all of that in like two days (laughs) oh man isn't she so good in that she's incredible incredible so good 
She's got the voice completely down. Even her expression, like in her face and her mannerisms and yeah, everything. Yeah. She captures it perfectly. Elizabeth Holmes, to me, has always seemed like a human, like an alien in a human costume. And like, <laughs> that is exactly how she plays her. And it's fucking yeah, brilliant. Yeah, such a good job. It's Yeah, it's, it's definitely like, worth a watch. I always wonder where the parents are now and mm-hmm. how they think about it. Well, Elizabeth how Holmes isn't even in prison it? right now. Like, so she could just watch this. Like, she could watch that. No yeah. problem. I don't know if the laws have changed or whatever, but it's obvious who she is and it's obvious who she's playing. Is there no kind of, uh, I don't well, know. Yeah, she def- just had a baby with the, the guy. Billy, someone mm-hmm. who's famous for something. Yeah. But is there not like um, laws that are like defamation law? Like could she not, she can't sue them, I guess? Because this was no, all in, the, they're reporting so- stuff that was in the papers? um oh she's been convicted she is but it's kind of tricky like if you're making with all of these shows you have to get some permission from some people you also need to get some insider information from some people so there's definitely been real people that have been involved in all of these shows which i find so interesting like who yeah me too signed off on things who who for for sure she wouldn't have i don't think it's just like with pam and tommy uh pamela anderson she didn't sign off on she didn't want them to make it neither did tommy yeah it was so good that show if you need some light relief that's a good show like (laughs) it's a really good show it kind of made me feel gross after watching it because the whole show brought up the exact thing that in the show pamela anderson didn't want to see the light of day yeah so they just did it again yeah it was kind of rehashing like her worst nightmare but um yeah it's like it's funny and it's got seth rogan in it and they play the actors who play tommy and pammy are perfectly cast as well sebastian stan is so good as tommy i know He's so good i wonder if his dog is really that big or if they had to like put a dong extension on him. <laughs> I think that they it was fake. I think I saw an fake interview dog. with him. Strap on. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, enough penis ta- enough penis chat for one day. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. But I do I do have some true crime news for Ooh. you. Go on. Yeah. You did an episode a while ago and I think it's it was one of our first switches. Mm-hmm. So you did an American story and I did <gasps> yes. an English story. Was it the guy with the college did... cult? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Larry Ray. Yeah. So he's been convicted <gasps> of trafficking and extortion. Good. He should not yeah. be on the streets. Dangerous man. And our last episode that I did, that we did, I talked about this podcast that i i'm still binging i just love it so much yeah. it's called indoctrination yeah and they had one of the main guys that was in that cult the larry ray weird sex oh, student really cult. he's in a two-parter episode of wow. indoctrination and he's talking about his whole experience of like how he got sucked into it oh my and god it's so interesting. That's a good so guess. If 
Yeah, if you are a new listener, go back and listen to episode 25, Switch. So long ago. And listen to... (laughs) (laughs) It was so long ago. I didn't think it was. It felt so recent. But when I was listening to Indoctrination, I didn't know the person's name. I did, you know... I was like, this sounds so familiar. Why do I know so much about it already? Because uh-huh. the girl's name in it that you, the Larry Ray's daughter, her, her name is Talia, remember? Yes. And it was like so similar to yeah, your yeah, name. Yeah. I was like, why does that name sound so familiar? And I was like, it's getting in I there know. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, listeners, go listen to episode 25 and then listen to Indoctrination because you will find out even more about it wow yeah that's a that is a i mean it's just like not a really well-known story but it's just absolutely crackers it Um, really is didn't really get that much like press coverage and i'm not sure why also um i have a podcast recommendation although it's kind of annoying because there's only like three episodes out and they're two parters so like one of them is complete obviously because there's two parts and then there's one yeah and i was listening to it and i was like okay here's the next one then it started again on the one i'd already listened to and i was like fuck it's not out yet so don't go listen until they're all out but it's (laughs) called uh scamfluencers on wondery wondery obviously because wondery's fucking brilliant I don't love the delivery, but the stories are fucking great. So okay. it's two uh, journalists. Uh, one of them is a lady that works for BuzzFeed, and one of them is a lady that works for another kind of online um, news outlet. And yeah, they ba- they basically know each other, and they're really both obsessed with like scams and stuff, like the Tinder swindler mm. and all that stuff that's come out lately. Yeah. And they're talking about like ponzi schemes and scams that i've never heard of before um so that was super interesting but it kind of reminds me of crime junkie and that there's two people but it sounds scripted when they chat it sounds like they've scripted the chat and i'm like yeah you don't need to do that just talk yeah like Uh. i like i do like them both but like the kind of format of it is weird Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. It's like it's scripted, but they're trying to have their same dynamic. It's like little we, jokes. Yeah, yeah. Like if if we wrote things out and then read them out and had our same kind of answers, yeah, but we're like, we would okay, be and then you them. say this, and then I'll say this. Yeah. It's like that's yeah. not what. <laughs> like, no, yeah. that almost put yeah. me off. But I powered through, and the stories are really, really good. Massive twists and stuff, so that they're worth a go. Um, Ooh, I'm definitely going to listen to that. Yeah. And then um, they're also really recent in the 2020s, basically. And then the other thing that I wanted to recommend was a YouTube channel that I'm addicted to at the moment called Heavy Case Files. Ooh, okay. Which which could almost be a podcast because, well, she's quite calming to listen to. Um, She does everything like very slow and very like... She's a bit like Phoebe Judge, like very like measured in her delivery. Mm. Um, But Mm -hmm. she has like pictures come up, but it's almost like a video podcast because she's not in the videos. She just has, she just flashes up pictures, but the pictures are on the screen for like a minute. So Mm -hmm. because obviously there's not much about them because they're like really old file. Basically it's about... um, cold cases that have been solved like 25 years later or cases that have been solved 50 years later or whatever and like or 
five people that went missing but were then found so it's like lists which i really really enjoy and it's nice to listen to before bed but yeah she's not like in the videos or anything but she yeah it could almost be like a video podcast like you don't have to watch the video is what i'm trying to say you could just listen to the audio yeah 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 um it's really nice and so i gave her a shout out on our social media and um she liked it and said thanks so i thought that was sweet um yeah uh which brings me on to my story this week oh you know what i'm so excited because i don't know what the theme is i don't know anything about what we're and now i it's also a surprise for me because now i have to research the story for next week's episode so yeah i like this new format this is selfish because i love this so i can't wait for you to find one (laughs) and tell me so okay. basically, basically I put as if um Twitter status like my new uh my new kink is when um old men are found guilty of crimes they did like fifty years ago. Yes. <laughs> and they're like shit, okay. I got caught. <laughs> like, yeah. It just gets me so happy. <laughs> Every day I'm like, fuck you. Like you thought you got yeah. away with it. Um and then yeah. DNA happened and ruined your fucking horrible secret um yes this that's the theme this week cold cases that got solved like decades later amazing all right i love it yeah um also like quick side note carly was like the video uh the one we film sorry the episode me and carly recorded was obviously really well received so thank you everybody that gave us any compliments about that that was really sweet i read them out to carly and now i've created a monster she was like we need to do some more episodes i was like oh really Did you like that, okay. did you? <laughs> and she was like, I'm just doing this because it's easy for you. I was like, it's not easier for me. Like, that's, I'm doing, that means I'm doing more soon. She was like, I've just got this really good idea. And I'm like, dude, just admit that you love it. Like, <laughs> you know what we should do? We should do an episode when you're here and then we do yes! the same thing and give her a call. Oh my and... God, she'll wet her pants. okay amazing she's that's such a good idea as well um yeah she's super into the she's basically a podcaster now after that like she is a monster so (laughs) okay i'm gonna tell you a story uh about a lady called joan harrison okay Okay, so my sources for this were a website called True Crime, True Crime Library, uh, BBC News, The Lancashire Post, and unfortunately, The Daily Mail, because they mm. fucking know everything for some reason. Okay, Joan Harrison lived in Preston, which is a city in Lancashire, Northern England. So it's between Manchester and the Yorkshire Dales, um, and then Blackpool is to the west of it. So it's fairly high up, pretty cold, pretty rainy, and very northern. Far too northern. They sound northern. They sound bloody northern up there. Far too northern for me to go up there. Is there someone famous from Preston? I feel like that is familiar to me. Are you thinking of the guy called Preston who was in Big Brother? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not thinking of him. Um, uh, I've talked about him on the podcast before because there's <laughs> he's, a, he's he had a does. bit of airtime, hasn't he? Probably too much. <laughs> yes, there's a song um, that he does that just boys gets stuck will in my be boys. Not that one. <laughs> Not that one. Another one. No, we talked about this. It's before. a different one. It's terrible. Okay, um, but go back and listen to our other episodes where I, talk I about love it, I'm not you. Give more. Don't no. you? That one. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, and that was written for Chantel and... Uh, Secret Preston fan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, well, we're not talking about the guy that was all. from... Bre- we're not, no, I don't... I mean, I'm sure there's a fair few famous people from... Pre- Let's just Google it. Fuck it. I'm tell- we're only telling yeah. one story today, so we might as well... Yeah, you do it. Okay. I really don't recognize any of these Read names, out some names. I'll see if I know them. Andrew Flintoff. He's soccer Is he cricketer? Or football. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cricket? He's some kind of sports person. Yeah, he sounds sporty. He's yeah. number one. Okay. These are all sports people. Uh, Wade Barrett, Phil Jones, um, nope. John Inman, mm. listed in film and tel- film and theater <laughs> personalities. Uh, These are, they're not recognizable. They're it's just not. I'm I might sure they're cut famous. This whole bit out. <laughs> <laughs> no, give Preston the give Preston the recognition it deserves. <laughs> okay, they've been fighting so hard. They're just really good at sports. That's all. And we we don't. Yeah follow it that much so yeah joan harrison she is uh 26 at this time and she's a young mother but people often thought that this see one of these things that i found was just ragging on her continuously like like being really mean about her and they were saying daily mail no it was i think it might have been like um I think it might have been the true crime library one, but they were basically, I think it might have been written a while ago, but it was basically saying like uh, she was a prostitute and a drug addict and da 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 and like being really mean. But the facts of the matter are like some on this, they also said that a lot of people thought she was a lot older than 26 because she was an alcoholic. And so mm-hmm. um, it aged her. Um, okay. But she was also, she would also partake in like part-time sex work to fuel her drug and alcohol addictions. And because of this, she was living apart from her husband and daughters for about two years. She was in poor health. And it was also said like she had lung problems and she would also consume a lot of morphine and cough mixture. Back when cough mixtures in 1974 actually had loads of shit in that would get you high, I think. So she would hang around with other alcoholics and drug addicts um, and sex workers in the Preston area. You know how okay. sometimes like homeless people kind of like congregate because they can like share their resources and stuff. Yeah. In 1974, she was caught forging a prescription for drugs and appeared in Preston Magistrates Court, but she didn't go to prison. And the next year she was unemployed, but through housing benefits, she rented a room in the Avonham Street area of Preston from a landlord called David Keeley. They ended up starting a relationship together Mm. and he proposed to her, he bought her a ring. He thought he could provide her a more stable life, but her pull to alcoholism was too strong and she would have periods where she just binge drank and disappeared for a couple of days. So again, this is one of those things like when someone has that behavior and then you can't get hold of them or don't see them, you don't worry as much as you would somebody who you saw every day. Um, You'd be like, oh, well, they've just disappeared again. They'll be back like they were all the other times. Um, So in November 1975, she volunteered with St. Mary's Hostel for Homeless Men as as a part-time cleaner. And on November 20th, I think she was just like there a lot. So she was like, oh, well. I'll just help. Um, Might as well help so, out. Yeah. So um, on November the 20th of 1975, according to the hostel's warden, Ian Pynchon, 
Joan set off with the ho- some of the hostel staff for a lunchtime drink at a nearby pub. She came back to the hostel at about 4pm to lie down on one of the beds. She ended up sleeping with one of the men at the hostel at this time, as in she had sex with them, which seems irrelevant, but it won't be later. At 10pm, she decided to return home. She asked her fiancé, David, for more money for some drinks and he refused. So she left at 10.20pm and walked along Church Street towards the town centre. Witnesses saw her and that was the last she was seen. They said that she was wearing a light green three-quarter length uh, coat with a fur collar, a turquoise blue jumper and with a bright yellow tank top over it with dark brown trousers and brown suede calf-length boots. Okay. So nobody hears from her then for two more days. So on November 23rd, 1975, at 8am, a lady called Mildred Atkinson left her home on Guildford Road to go to the corner shop for the Sunday papers. And as she walked along Berwick Road, she passed a house that had been vacant for a year, number three Frenchwood Street, but it had been recently sold to the council. The house had a garage behind it and Mildred noticed that the door was partly open and flapping in the wind. Inside, she saw a body laying face down with a coat over the head of it and blood surrounding it. At first, yeah, at first she thought it was just a drunk person who had banged their head but she peeked in and she soon discovered that it was Joan. So the police were called and they discovered that Joan had been moved a few feet from where she was initially attacked. One of her trouser legs had been pulled down and one of her legs was completely out of her trousers. One of her boots was also pulled off, but then it was placed like back over her foot. So like from a distance, it would look like she had the shoe on but you could yeah. just lift it up and it wasn't on her leg, which is strange and also relevant yeah. later. Um, okay. Her bra was lifted up to expose her breasts and she had a deep bite mark on the left breast. Mm. She had been anally raped and vaginally raped and kicked to death. Oh. Her underwear was found inside her vagina. Wow. Which is, it's just so, A- brutal and be like almost ritualistic and weird like why would you why would you put her underwear in her in her vagina like it's gotta be a weird like weird power i don't know like god knows i don't know um also also the whole all of her clothes placements like her boot her one leg out and remember her coat was over her head as well yeah got covered her with a coat whoever had done this mm-hmm. joan's handbag and purse were missing okay i need to take this up with you because you call a handbag a purse and when we say purse we mean the th- english people mean the thing you keep your money in and when we say yeah. handbag we mean the whole handbag <laughs> yeah when you say purse you mean the whole purse <laughs> sometimes yeah and when you say yes what do you call the thing you keep your money in wallet your wallet yeah. Okay. Even for a woman. Yeah. Here you'd have a woman's a woman's purse and a man's wallet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Thank so, you for the clarification. That's okay. But I just thought you're going to be like handbag and purse. What do you mean? No, so, I, I, I mean, I lived in England, so I know what you're talking about. But yeah, yes, for our American listeners. Yeah. English people, when they say purse, they mean the bit you keep your money in specifically. Mm-hmm. Your um, wallet. Yeah. Yeah. So they were both missing and they contained her inhaler, which she would have needed. She would have had them on her had she wouldn't have accidentally left it anywhere. I wouldn't have, we, you wouldn't have thought. Several items of jewelry were also missing, including two gold wedding rings because she'd Mm. been married twice. Mm -hmm. Um, A post-mortem was carried out and the pathologist was not able to determine the exact cause or time of death. The cause of death they eventually settled on was, and that's what they put on the death certificate, was hemorrhage and shock caused by multiple injuries, murder by person or persons unknown. Okay. So she had one U-shaped laceration on the back of her head. And Mm. the pathologist concluded that she'd been hit with the heel of a lady's shoe. But later on, it was then thought, so it was quite small, but then later on, they thought that the injury could have been made with a hammer. Now, this is important because this is the time that the Yorkshire Ripper was active in this area. Oh, yeah. And the Yorkshire Ripper's weapon of choice was a hammer. Okay. So he would go up behind, um, if you want to listen to a really fucking long episode on the Yorkshire Ripper that nearly finished me off, then we recorded (laughs) one. I can't remember what one it was. Episode 32. Yeah, that is a long episode on the Yorkshire Ripper. But anyway, if you go back there, oh God, what a harsh one that is. Fuck me. I don't know how we got any jokes out of that one. <laughs> how did we do that? How were we with not any, I must have had some funny stories. You must have had some anecdotes. Like, what else could there have been? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was a toughie. So, um, yeah, his weapon of choice, uh, as you will know if you listen to that episode, was um, a hammer. And then he was known to use a screwdriver. So he would knock them out with the hammer and then screwdriver stabbed them to death. Mm-hmm. But, and he would also place coats over them. Right. Over some of them. And he yeah. would also leave them out in the open. He never buried okay. his victims. He never yeah. really tried that hard to hide them. In a way, this does match up with the Yorkshire Ripper, but obviously yeah, it's not. No. So yeah, there's a lot of things that are similar, but then there's some things that really aren't. So yeah, there were no stab wounds. And that was like his, that was his main MO was stabbing people to death. So there were also extensive injuries to her head, face, body and legs, which have been caused by violent kicking and stamping. Mm, This person was angry. Yeah, which is so scary. The bite marks on Joan's left breast, and I fucking hate bite marks. Like, yeah, it's so animalistic. Yeah. How angry were like it's horrible. The bite marks left on her were examined by a Liverpool dentist called James Furness, and he concluded that um, the marks had been put there a short time before death, and oh. that the bruising indicated a clear gap in the upper front teeth of the perpetrator. And again, Peter Sutcliffe had a gap in his front teeth. 
Oh. So there's so many things that are yeah. pointing towards him. So it's a really confusing case for the police at this point. Exam To me, it, it sounds like the police probably... I, I mean, I'm guessing and why it, ha- it didn't get solved for a long time because the police were probably like, well, let's just chalk it up to him and move Well, on. they have a very good reason to chalk it up to him and I will tell you that in a minute. So, okay. So examination of the body also found a uh, semen from around mm-hmm. the time of death. It was tested and they found out that semen came from someone with blood group B because okay. that's all they could do at that point, wasn't it? They couldn't get DNA. They could just find out your blood group if you were a secretor. So you're either a secretor or a non-secretor. Secretors have their blood type in their spit and in their semen Mm -hmm. and non-secretors don't. And I think secretors make up about 80% of the population. Only 20% make up are non-secretors. So it is quite a good way of um, eliminating people. So from that semen, they found the blood group of the person was B. Um, and then the man that at the hostel who she had had sex with earlier was blood group A. So that eliminated okay. him, which is a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So the Lancashire police took saliva samples from over 6,000 men, including wow. crews from ships that had been in the docks around the time of the murder. So they didn't wow. really try. Um, yeah, that's extensive. Yeah, they didn't just um, write it off, but you have to remember as well at this time, they were so keen to catch the Yorkshire Ripper. He was really prolific and they were under so much pressure to catch him because he was murdering people left, right and fucking centre and they were getting no closer to it. So they were probably really glad to have a sample to check, basically. Yeah. Um, So they believe that the murderer was a local who was familiar with the area. And this was confirmed when two months later they found Joan's purse hidden in a bush in Avenham Park. And in the following... Yeah, so he knows his... He knows, like, the local parks and stuff, you would guess. And then Mm -hmm. in the following June 1976, her handbag was found carefully hidden in a dump very close to where she was killed. So he the motive wasn't robbery i wouldn't have thought no. unless all the money no was gone way. no no uh, yeah he could have just taken her stuff and fucked off and hit her right. once he didn't have to yeah. yeah do all that stuff so um like i said there were elements of the murder that were similar to the ripper like the potential hammer attack the fact that Joan was a sex worker and the way she was found with her coat over her and her boot as well the yorkshire ripper had also done that with boots of his victims Mm. which is very strange yeah that's a weird little like tick um so if you recall the yorkshire ripper that whole investigation was fucked because somebody who came to be known as weirside jack sent in a tape to the police and a couple of letters yeah. Say saying I'm I'm the Yorkshire Ripper. I killed Joan mm. Harrison. I mm-hmm. killed da da da. Like he names the victims, and one of them is Joan. And okay. so they were like, okay, it's him. It's the Yorkshire Ripper. It was later found out that that tape was a hoax. Yeah, it was so shitty. Like it really threw the police off. It gave Peter Sutcliffe the Yorkshire Ripper months more time to 
go undetected and keep killing people. Yeah. Um, yeah. He got into loads of trouble later anyway, the guy who did that tape. you'll find, If you want to hear about all of that, I cover yeah. it all in the episode. Episode 32. Yes, yeah. so if you want to listen to it, it's all in there. Sutcliffe was active between 1975 and 1980 in the Yorkshire and Manchester areas. But as I said, they found out that the tape was a hoax and they later found out that Peter Sutcliffe was blood group O, not B. Oh. So they're looking for a perpetrator with the blood type B and they have not found one as yet. Uh, Peter Sutcliffe, when he got caught, also reminded the police that he had never murdered. He he didn't know he didn't know who Joan was, and he hadn't murdered her. Obviously, mm. they thought he could be lying, but right. he'd come clean about the rest of the murders. So uh, it seems weird that he and he was kind of proud of what he did, and it seems weird yeah. to them that he wouldn't just admit what he did. So, right. Um, unfortunately, the case went cold. In 2001, police questioned a 59-year-old man living in a London hostel alleged to have been seen at the Balmoral pub on Manchester Road, Avonham, where Joan was drinking the night that she disappeared. He was alleged Mm. to have left the pub and then returned with a bloodstained shirt. And he was said to have tried to sell a gold ring belonging to Joan the following day. But the man was later... He was later released without charge. So I am assuming that they probably checked his blood type or that's all just hearsay or yeah he whatever had alibis or yeah, yeah i mean I, I, things. I can't find the reason that he was released that charge but it it wasn't him so okay in november 2010 9 years after that police announced that they had cold case detectives investigating the mo- the murder of joan again and that they were awaiting results of dna so in okay. February 2011, just, what is that, November, December, January, so three months later, they announced mm-hmm. they had found her killer. What? Yeah. Wow. So it's a man called Christopher Smith from Leeds, and his DNA matched the DNA at the scene. So how did they find him? Who is Chris- this guy? He's, he's a guy with an annoyingly generic name. Because I can't yeah. find fuck all about him, which really annoyed me, and that's why at the beginning Don't of this you call hate I was when like, "That happens." You, you like <laughs> types out like Christopher Smith, and then you just come up with all of these Facebooks of yeah. Christopher Smiths. And you that's say Facebook? Well, what? Because you're trying to find out, you're trying to find someone's Facebook. <laughs> yeah, no. I may, I may have what of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, saying like in researching. Yeah, for it's our really stories annoying. in the past than that. Yeah, that's really frustrating. Like call your kid whatever you want. Name. Yes, because <laughs> I need to know these things. And yes. yeah, but also really upsetting was there is a lot of sex offenders called Christopher Smith. <laughs> like, really? I was no. like Christopher Smith sex offender. I was like, nope, not him. Like, all right, that's so just that's a nice. bad luck name then. Don't <laughs> name your child Christopher if your last name is Smith. Absolutely not. Because Google will just bring up a load of sex offenders. Yeah, so basically, who is this guy? So he had a swab taken when he was arrested for drink driving in 2008. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. And this is going to be the most annoying thing you're going to hear today. So far. <laughs> what time is it there? <laughs> uh, it's half nine in the morning. So okay. there's still time. 
there's still time, but this is pretty up there. He died six days later from a terminal <gasps> illness. No! He had lung cancer. So annoying. That's so frustrating. He was 60 years old at the time. Like I said, he was a seemingly devoted grandfather and family man. So he's just been fucking living his life. But I will say this. um, It was his first appearance on the National DNA Database because he stayed out of trouble for 18 years. Now, this this is the weird thing, like his background. So Mm -hmm. he was born Alexander Smith in Derry, Northern Ireland. And he's, he's thought to have used over 14 aliases including oh. his final identity as Christopher Smith as he pursued his criminal career. Mm, he had okay. previous form of being a sex offender. His, oh, wow. So his offending became more violent and sexual. And in 1981, he was jailed for two years and nine months for the attempted rape of a 17-year-old girl in the Manchester area. Wow. So keep okay. in mind, he... That's 1981, and in 1976, he had killed Joan. Mm. Yeah. So that cannot have... I just think that cannot have been the only person he killed. No, that's not a one-off. Absolutely not. So so just five years later, he tried to rape a 17-year-old girl, and he got jailed for it. And then two years after that, so that's 1983 he got released and then he received a suspended sentence for the manslaughter of his first wife violet he was after he was cleared of murder arguing that she fell onto a knife he held while they were having a row oh yeah that totally that happens all the time i always fall on knives (laughs) fucking hell Especially when someone's holding them. This rapist... Anyway, we we don't have time. So (laughs) um, his second wife has since told detectives that he threw her out of a window when she was seven months pregnant. Whoa, this guy. Yeah, he's a father of six. He's been married three times. Um, and then he basically spent his latter years at various addresses in Leeds to be near his family when he fell ill. Okay, I was going to ask what the location of that rape in 1981 and then following, I'm guessing it wasn't in Preston because if, they've te- no. if they tested so many men yeah. around that time and he wasn't included... Yeah, so he moved to... So basically, these are the places that he's lived. He moved to Newport, South Wales when he was 15 from Ireland, from Derry. Mm -hmm. Then he lived in Bolton. Then he lived in Salford and then in Stoke-on-Trent. And then he moved to Leeds when he fell ill. So he's been all over, really. All over the kind of north and west of England. It's thought that he didn't know Joan... And he may have come across her by chance after being released from a prison sentence that he had served in the area. He would have oh. been 26 or 27 at the time of the crime. Wow. The Crown Prosecution Service said that police definitely had enough evidence to charge him with the murder were he still alive. Mm-hmm. And the reason that they had enough evidence was because he, A, the previous convictions, and the day before he died, 
he had left a note in his family home in Leeds, just five miles from Sutcliffe's hometown, basically. That's why they were mixed up. Yeah. So on the on the 29th of January, when he was dying of lung cancer in 2008, he wrote a note and hid it in a drawer. And it says, to however it concerns, I'm assuming he means to whomever it concerns. Yeah. And two is spelt T-W-O. <laughs> so oh. not only is he a horrible criminal, he's also a fucking idiot. So <laughs> <laughs> to however it concerns... Um, I would like to put the record straight. I can't go on with the guilt. I have lived with it for over 20 years. I am truly sorry for all the pain I have caused to anyone. Please believe me when I say I am sorry. I love my grandkids and my daughter. I cannot go back to prison anymore. Please, God, help my family who I worship. I have been out of trouble for over 20 years, so please, God, help me. I am so sorry. God, forgive me. I love you all forever. Right, one. It's not exactly a confession letter it's just an apology feeling sorry for yourself letter one if there is a god he ain't forgiven you and (laughs) two that kind of creeps me out in that he can't go on with the guilt i'm truly sorry for all the pain i've caused to anyone for how many murders right that's what what i think about dude what he did to joan was horrifically violent and the actions of somebody who is not just strangling someone to see if they can get away with it like he fucking beat her to death it's not something and they talk about this all the time like if you listen to paul holes's podcast something that extreme yeah there had to have been a string of things that led up to that that he built up as well yeah like smaller um, things like criminals don't tend to de-escalate no. He killed someone and then he got caught attempting to rape someone after that. Right. So it's yeah. not like he thought, oh, well, I killed someone. So let's see if I can get away with raping someone. He's obviously already yeah. raped someone before that. He just happened to right. get caught for the Manchester yeah. um, girl. So, right. yeah, it's just like really worrying. And it's very good that they've got his DNA on file now. Imagine yeah. if he had never been caught drink driving. We wouldn't know. It's so... This is why I love cold cases. It's so crazy. Um, So, uh, yeah, this is just my last little bit. So, head of crime for Lancashire Constabulary said, advances in DNA interpretation over the years has finally allowed us to identify Smith as the man at the scene of Joan's murder. If he was alive today, there is no doubt that he would have been charged. And that is the story of Joan Harrison. Wow, I'm so glad that they caught him and for her own family as well. Didn't you say she had daughters and she has she two, little, two little girls, yeah, and two ex-husbands. Yeah. But I d- how many people? Mm. Yeah. How many murderers? They're just walking They've amongst us. They've got to still be looking into it, right? They've there's it's not like they were like, "Oh yeah, we found this guy. All right, put him away in a drawer that's it like there's got to be some that they are still trying to match up that we don't know about i really hope hope. so he moved he moved around a lot and he used aliases so that to me says you've done some shady fucking shit 14 aliases what's his name that does true crime bullshit can we get oh josh hallmark would figure this out in a minute 
Yes. This is He would make a map. He would go to the places. <laughs> he would find out all the names. Oh. Get him. Did you see him last night in LA? Did you tell him I, I love didn't. him? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. I can't believe I missed him. Yeah. Oh, I love him so much. Also, if you haven't but listened yeah, to the... You're right. Like, I think you, you said it... Um, you said it last week or the week before. We need more people, more podcasters to just get in there and investigate. There's stories that need to be investigated. Oh, get in there. This is get one. some wondry people out there. Get, oh, get some money behind this. Yes, definitely. He has definitely killed more people. Yeah. Well, he fucking definitely killed his first wife. And 100%. assaulted, at the very least. And then he's... Okay, so the things he's been actually caught for... Well, the things we know are fact. Threw his wife out of a window, his pregnant wife. Yeah. Six children. So any woman that's ever been in contact with him probably has something to say. Or tell yeah. someone. Um, yeah, He stabbed his first wife to fucking death. Mm-hmm. He killed Joan Harrison. He attempted to rape a girl in Manchester... God knows what else. Like, yeah, that's crazy. From 19, let's just say 1970. Yeah. Until 2000. 2008, he got, uh, oh, no, he said he kept out of trouble for 20 years. Yeah. What does that even mean? That doesn't, that's from the words of a man who. Yeah. I mean, it means fuck all, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, let's just say that okay let's just take that as red that's still a good like fucking fifth like i don't know 30 years worth of shit you've been up to yeah calling yourself different names let's just say 1995 or 2000 yes there's so much that could have happened that your stupid letter could be alluding to i know also that's like sorry for everything i did god well what was it then yeah you want to tell me? Not going to actually write it down because I don't want to be like held responsible for it or anything, but... Right. Yeah. No one needs to know, but I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so I cannot wait for your story. I love these. <laughs> All right. I'm excited. I'm excited to get into that. I'm going to bring yeah. something good. All right. Yeah. Good story this week. Amazing. Thanks, pal. Well, that's kind of, it's really cool that like the Yorkshire Ripper was like, I didn't kill Joan Harrison. And then everyone was like, yeah, whatever, you probably did. <laughs> and then in 2008, they're like, oh, fuck, he really didn't. And at that yeah, point, the Yorkshire Ripper was still alive. He died during COVID. You're totally right. So I can imagine yeah. Peter Sutcliffe being like, see, I didn't do it. Told ya. Yeah. <laughs> he was well, a fucking piece of whatever. shit. So you, you know. Fuck you both. Yeah. I hope you're having yeah. a good time in hell. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, on that note, (laughs) on cursing the dead. Thanks for listening. We will (laughs) talk to you next week. Okay, I love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Transatlantic Crime this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at TransatCrimePod, Instagram at TransatlanticCrime, and on Facebook with Transatlantic Crime Podcast. Thanks, bye.